Again? Exactly. You understand? Like, what can y'all really give us? What can y'all really do? Mm -hmm. You understand? And now you got the hate change. So we feel like, all right, we came in like the Mark one like ETI. You know what I'm saying? Swerving. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome back to The Check-In. On today's episode, we sit down with innovative, genre-blending Tampa duo They Hate Change on the heels of their critically acclaimed record, finally new, out now on Jag Jaguar. We talk through the evolution of their sound, what it means to be artists from Tampa, their deep well of influences, and weaving cultural Easter eggs in their music, both sonically and lyrically. Enjoy the interview and check out Finally New if you haven't already. For the most part, it's all us. It's us. Yeah. 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 So let's talk about it, you know? Finally new, finally out. Yeah, yeah. Critically acclaimed. Critically acclaimed. <laughs> Pitchfork. Yeah. What they saying? Yeah. Off top. Yeah. Better, better, uh, better number than Kendrick. I don't know who he got better numbers than, but we did get an eight. I'm about to say, we yeah. So they say, so, you know. <laughs> so we'll congrats. Thank you, thank, you, thank you. So how long, um, how long has this album been in the works? True. I mean, mentally, 2018, maybe. I mean, yeah. not even 2017, really. I would say we did. We talk about it in a few uh, interviews about like kind of our our jump off point was this DJ set that we had where we put all of our, you know, genres that we were digging on, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. along with local sounds and stuff. And we just like we smashed it. And that was like the catalyst for us really trying to make songs like that. Right. Um. So I think from that moment, we always knew like, okay, there's like a record that we can like something do to this do like here. That. So every record that we put out from that was 2016. So from then until now, it's like we've always been working towards the the album. I would say semi formally 2019 was when we started like writing verses, and it was like, oh, that's for the album, mm -hmm. or like, oh, this track is for the album. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of a lot of it, I would say, like those three EPs that we had came out and released in 2019. Uh huh. Outside of uh, Central Avenue, it was it was more to us kind of like building up to this point. Because again, we came out with something like this, it was it'll kind of be like a shock. I mean, yeah. it could still be, but if you kind of look back, you can see that you know some of that stuff was like laying or paving the way yeah. for what we what we kind of uh, just were able to release here now. Yeah, you can see all the DNA and everything from the, even 2017. We had a project called Meters. Mm -hmm. uh, that was like, it was like odd metered instrumental grime, yeah, <laughs> like that. You know what I'm saying? And then, yeah, 2018 we did now and never again, which never is more again. that was more noise and kind of ambient for sure. But, but then on the you'll hear if you go back, you'll hear we have like interludes on there where it's like, oh, they're doing like some footwork shit or they're doing some jungle shit. You know what I'm saying? That's 2018. Then like Dre said, 2019, three EPs. You know, again, just putting it all out there, the, little, the DNA of this thing that we were building. Mm -hmm. And then 2020 was Central Avenue, which is like the the EP version of, of this album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because like, I was going to say, you've been busy. Like, like you, I mean, you named, there, there's a bunch of EPs, a bunch of projects, singles that came out between 2016, 2017, and now. But that's, you know, that's really interesting that, even in your heads, it was the albums there, and this is laying the groundwork. 
Absolutely. Correct. And it's not that we were bullshitting before, like, oh, don't take this seriously. Just wait till the album. No. So they're they're full full on statements, everything that we did before. Correct. But it was just again, just introducing that sound and again, even us building it out, figuring you know what I'm saying, on our end, like how do we really put all this together? You know what I'm saying? Perfecting the sound, yeah. So one one EP might have leaned towards only two sounds mixed together, but then another one might, you know, lean towards the other two or three sounds. Mm-hmm. But you know, the album it has everything in there. Right. And and I guess that's the, you know, that's the energy it, it you say on the intro before the song even starts, welcome back for the first time. Yeah. Finally new. It's this whole reintroduction, but we've been here. Absolutely. Or or introduction, but yeah. we've been here. Exactly. Yeah. Because <laughs> we know off top, a lot of people are they're hearing it for the first time. Yeah. We know this is the biggest stage that we've been on thus far. But at the same time, it's like, yo, we got to put it down. Like, we can't act brand new. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We're not going to act like, yeah, we just came out of nowhere where we hate that. Like, you know, delete all your old music. And it's like, hey, this is my first album. Nah. Yeah. Uh, we've been making albums since we were like 17. Yeah. Yeah. You you want people to go back into the crates and, and discover the early stuff. Yep, because that's exactly what we do. It's like it, it start with records or even downloading mixtapes and stuff like that. It just like it's just a sense of discovery was kind of had, and we kind of always want to make sure we kind of also put that in our music as well. Right, you want to find everything. If you like somebody, you want to find everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, speaking of that consistency of of projects, EPs over the last couple of years, you feel like y'all are pretty quick with it when it comes to making music or or putting a project together where you kind of have you know figured out the formula to tap in and and i only say that because that's a lot of projects and a lot of artists these days end up overthinking it taking their time with it and and might go those four or five years without even dropping something right right. Mm -hmm. you've got four or five projects bang 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 so what is that you know process like so you play too cool you'll freeze Absolutely. I would kind of say like um, uh, doing a lot of DIY shows uh, around our scene kind of helped and kind of was able to be a, like a testing ground for us for a lot of that, a lot of this time period leading up to this moment. Um, and, and so w- with that being said, like some stuff might not come out, but you might hear live and it's just, you know, this could be preparing or leading us on to something else. Right. But yeah, we're, we're always working, though. Absolutely. So it's not I don't even know if it's a thing of working quickly. Or working faster than anybody else is just we're just working snipers exactly yeah <laughs> so if you work a but if you work on shit a lot you know and you knock out a bunch of shit like every time we link up and we're you know intentionally making beats or whatever it's like we're knocking out a bunch of shit like right. we knock out three tracks in a night or something like that and then oh shit we done play you know however many shows this month or whatever mm-hmm. so it's like damn we done tested out a shit ton of tracks we done made a shit ton of tracks it's like you're about to refine it way faster if you have that kind of, that kind of process. You know? Yeah. Just being prolific with it. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. You know, because also the other artists that are like, you know, they take four and five years, like they going on, you know, vacations or they, <laughs> they got, you know what I'm saying? They got real bread. Yeah. You, know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, you got to get it. Exactly. Yeah. I, I guess I'm also curious. I know you're both doing a lot of, of the work, whether, whether it comes to producing, songwriting, is that at this point like a naturally collaborative thing? 
Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's direct. It's just like, just how you see us sitting right here. We're sitting at the desk right now <laughs> where we made the album. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's literally we sit right here. We knock out tracks. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, these drums like this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or yeah, this record over here. Let me grab this. All right, let's 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 see what's from here. You know what I'm saying? It's just direct. You know, I, I know you've known each other for a while, um, but was that connection pretty, uh, you know, immediate where, where y'all both had your own influences in music and once you came together, it was like, oh, this makes sense? Yeah, I'd say so, man. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely uh, kind of put that, I would, yeah, put stamp that for sure. Pro- probably it's, it's still in the sense of it was like, you know, Vaughn uh, might like, yo, check out these couple records and then we'll both start diving into like a rabbit hole and then kind of get together and be like, okay, well, shit, how can we figure out or do something kind of similar to this? And, um, you know, to, to that same token, it's like we're always kind of feeding off of each other yeah, a, a lot of the yeah, times. For sure. for Absolutely. So, yeah, it's, a, it's like it's not a thing that we had to cultivate, really. It was just like, yeah, it, it's immediate. Like, mm-hmm. all right, we understand each other already, you know, so process-wise, we built the process together because mm-hmm. we both, we jumped in knowing that. Yeah. Yeah. True. Like, you grew together, learned together. Yeah. Only the only thing that wasn't was like the rapping because mm-hmm. I was I was already rapping, you know. So that was a thing that was like, you know, we were growing at different paces or whatever, but it all it all balanced out. Right. Yeah. And and I think that's too there there's a different energy when you have a duo rapping, playing off each other. It can be very playful, uh and and a lot of energy in there. And I think that that's a lot of fun for me. That's always been hearing, you know, hip hop groups or hip hop duos uh go back and forth. And that takes a lot of skill. You know, I think when you lean in with like, you know, tribe shit or even I, I feel like when I listen to y'all's music, it almost brings me back to some the way the cool kids used to play off each other, too. That's not easy to do it when it comes off. Well, it comes off almost effortless, but I know that's not easy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think it's just tons of again us knowing each other that that contributes to it obviously but then playing a bunch of shows yeah really, and, that, and timing right like we found our timing we found our chemistry you understand as well yeah you know, and figured out how to inject that into the music yeah because yeah. like for for an example to kind of you know compliment what you just said was like um during the process of writing like breathing i remember vaughn t- sent that track through was like yo i got i came i came back check this out and then I'm here, I'm like, oh shit. And then all of a sudden he's like, but you gotta you gotta come in, but you gotta like swing it a little bit. I'm like, yeah. ah, okay. And then I heard myself, I was like, oh damn, yeah, this this is it. Yeah. So it's like us kind of both like registering each other's strengths or who should probably bring in this track or just hey, hop back out. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. You can bounce off, you can alley oop, you know, one one verse to the other, that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, because it's like we're it's like we're consumers, too. So we, it's like kind of like from the, the outside looking in, it'd be like, oh, dang, but if Vaughn probably swung the voice this way, it would have been kind of catchy or a little bit. It's right. Like, yeah. Like, what do we want to hear on mm-hmm. a track? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Facts. No, I like that. I, and I think that definitely comes through in the music. It's it's well thought out. Thank you. Thank you. Time. Appreciate that. Yeah, I, I think, you know, speaking of you guys doing a lot of shows a lot of local shows. And in the last season, we've talked a lot about region, uh, a, a lot about location on Not 97 and, and 
artists that come from either sound like where they're from uh, or kind of push against that. And I know location is, uh, you know, an important thing for y'all, whether it's inspiration from a different city or being inspired by where you're from and the regional influence of Tampa. So I wonder uh, if y'all can talk a little bit about that and kind of what what location kind of means to you and how that informs the music y'all make. Dig, dig. I think that the music is really, it's anchored on the location in a sense, mm -hmm. but I think the music that we make was always going to sound like this because I'm so Florida, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, whether it's, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> in terms of taste or personality, what have you, right? But Dre is from the East Coast, right? So Dre, you know, originally being from Rochester, New York, and moving down here as a kid is like us forming a group together. There was always gonna be this mixture of like of the two slang the two posture. regions, the slang exactly. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, me like I said, I've been rapping for like ever. You know, when I first met Dre, I was already rapping. Yeah. But at that time, when I, I guess I was like 14, 15, like. I felt like I had to know all of the like rapper rappers and that was all East Coast shit. So I knew all of that shit and we could immediately bond over that. So that influence just played a part where it was like, yo, that's going to come in regardless, whether we're whether I'm on some like, yo, I'm about to reference Tom G, right. whether I'm about to reference crank music or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's like that that East Coast influence was going to creep his way in, whether it's through Dre or whether it's through me, just like, oh, but let me harken back to some other shit that i used to be listening to in my whatever. lifetime exactly you know what i'm saying <laughs> like so but yeah i think it's just i don't know it's like mind melding almost it's like when you have two people that known each other for so long from different places it's just the slang overlaps the vibe overlaps you know what mm -hmm. i'm saying so i think being here it really lends itself in this sense of like again there's a rich cultural history that's kind of untapped but you can kind of you can place it with uh, storied history, you know, mm -hmm. like you could place it along with, yo, East Coast hip hop and kind of the this cradle, kind of the birth of hip hop. Mm -hmm. You can you could put those two things together and look at the parallels. Like, okay, digs, like this is what early hip hop parties were like. Well, that's exactly what type of parties we were still doing in like 2009 mm -hmm. in Tampa. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a younger scene and it's still connected in a lot of ways to these older roots. You know what I'm saying? Like. So I think that that aspect of the region yeah. really uh, is important. You know, when, when we play artists from smaller markets or, or not major cities, yeah. there often is, uh, you know, more of an ability to grab that local influence, but then not be tied to, you know, this needs to sound like I'm from Atlanta or whatever. Mm -hmm. It can be something that's a little more fluid and in turn you know work wherever wherever you place right. it for sure everybody trying to you know not necessarily like chase something but it was in the sense of it's like you know we know what we want to do and you know it's it's always a treat uh like for instance like when there's this uh restaurant or uh, ice cream shop here dairy curl we featured that a couple times in videos. It's like multiple times we, but now people are like, I used to go to that place when I was when I was six years old. It's like, oh, then you know that's tight. So yeah, you know that yeah. that type of like camaraderie as well too. But you know, even realizing, you know, there's there's a lot around you to be like discovered, especially you know even diving into uh, 
some of the stuff that Vaughn was just stating earlier about like crank music and uh, old teen nights and stuff like that. Like it's still new to me per se, but I understand and understood what it was. Mm-hmm. So it's like, dang, like that's that's tight. Absolutely. Yeah. So you it, the world, you know. Yeah, yeah. I like I I like that idea also of uh, creating Easter eggs for the ones around you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it might just be a one-off reference for someone. Right. Like me, but if someone is from the neighborhood, they're like, oh, shit. Right. You know, they feel that sense of pride. That's how you really create something anyway. You know, you like know? when when West Coast music first started popping off, it was like if it looked and sounded like everywhere else, that shit wasn't going nowhere. Like take a chance. You know what I'm saying? It was, the, it was the fact that it was like, oh, wait, y'all y'all ride like lowriders out there. Oh, y'all wear goddamn flannels and, and lokes and you know what yep. I'm saying? It, and shit like that. And, oh, y'all, you, you know what I'm saying? Y'all constantly sampling Ohio players and mm-hmm. parliament. And, you know what I'm saying? Shit like that. Like the samples y'all use, the clothes y'all wear, the slang y'all use, like everything. That needs to be shown. Cause if you if you from Compton and you sounding like fucking KRS one, <laughs> like what's the point? <laughs> yeah. Like, am I gonna check this out? Yeah, I'll wait. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> For real. What was cool was when I played X-ray specs on the show mm. and immediately uh it reminded Rashad of of some older early gold link shit and, and playing with go-go sounds and stuff like that mm. and then Genesis immediately placed it in the UK it reminded her of come like early UK grime shit uh and I think that's what's special about your music that it can take people all over the world um yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I say yeah, I mean, and shout out to y'all. Uh, I about to say yeah, we actually watched the other, uh, which was was pretty cool. I was like, oh dang, they, they actually like it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I no think haters, I, no haters on that ninety seven. Yeah, so hey, everybody, everybody, you know, it's, it's their it's their ears. But just just like you said earlier, it's like uh, those like those little Easter eggs and those little pockets. Like we we do that with the the lyrics as well too, mm-hmm. and you know. We, we love just listening to music in general. So the fact that sometimes our music does cause like these conversations to be had about, hey, do you know of this or have you heard? Or mm-hmm. it kind of reminds me of this right. or just feels familiar, which is always great. And so that's that's why I was like when, when hearing you all kind of speak of the record and kind of compare it to this, this and this, it was like, oh, of course. Like, yeah, dig, dig, dig. Because I think there's a lot of I think that's kind of the magic of the record, too, mm-hmm. of us kind of unlocking that formula of you know of mixing genres and shit like that kind of exploiting that is like every genre started the same way mm-hmm. if you look at it or at least the genre we pulling from you know yeah. what I'm saying is like okay how did house music start it was literally in like you know small small room sweaty ass party playing yeah. these, playing these type <laughs> of records and then it evolved into people trying to make their own records that fit into that format you know, you know what i'm saying you could say that that's kind of how disco was a little bit as well you know what i'm saying in new york if you go to people playing like south soul and philly international records and yep. then it evolves a little bit you know what i'm saying or you go to goddamn crank music in tampa you know what i'm saying it's like it's the same shit we was gathering in little rec rec rooms and ballrooms or whatever and playing breaks and playing these type of songs and that evolved to people trying to make their own shit so Mm -hmm. when that's pretty much how every goddamn genre start to where somebody hears it like damn this reminds me of go-go it's like yeah how did go-go start you know what i'm saying i don't know i'm not i'm not a go-go expert (laughs) but at the same time (laughs) 
is like it damn near probably has the same sort of startings. Or if not, maybe maybe Baltimore Club or Jersey Club has the same sort of sort of starting points, you know what I'm saying, as all these other genres. So it's like it'll sound familiar to you if you're tapped into what happened regionally for you. You know what I'm saying? You'll go, oh yeah, this sounds just like when we used to do this shit over at the club here. It's like, yeah, it is. It's just like that. Mm-hmm. But it's from here. Mm-hmm. You know, connection for sure. And then the resurgence of drum and bass and, and jungle. I mean, from our perspective, like <laughs> we really 2012 was like the intro for us. Um, yeah. Ethereal from Awful Records. He put out an album called Car Therapy at, yeah. at that time. Big ups. Heard that shit and was like, what is it like? We had no description for this shit at all. I was just like, this shit sound like anime. Dre, check this out. Uh, on band camp. Yeah. I'm like, well, this shit sound crazy. Boy, like, this been crazy. Like, it was the best shit I had ever heard. And the only thing was like, the band camp tag, it said jungle. And I just thought that was some shit he made up because you could put anything in a band camp tag. You could put yeah. literally anything. It's all like, oh, jungle. All right, that's, that's weird. I don't know why he put that shit. <laughs> All right, cool. I'm fucking with it, right? Then maybe a year later, I had got a crate of records mm-hmm. um, that my brother gave me. And I put the records on, and it was just like it had that same sound. It was these fast-ass drums, but these kind of lush sounds. And I'm talking like in the crate, it was like DJ Zinc, Shy Effects, you know what I'm saying? Ram Raiders, like shit, like, like all that shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, gold. It, everything in this like on vinyl i'm like this is crazy okay this is like that ethereal shit and just started trying to find more info found out about like cats like dillinger and it was like okay this is like a whole thing jungle is like a genre mm-hmm. all right and we just kind of went from there exploring over the years but yes yeah, it's, it's been interesting to see like i think it's happening in the same way honestly for like if you see i don't know pink panthers pop off or uh, Piri and Tommy Villers pop off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, whoever whoever's popping off right now using those sounds, it's it's. I think it's probably the same shit for them. Those songs feel like some shit you would have just stumbled upon. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. They're, they're, those artists are of a particular age where it's like maybe their parents that was their their music. You know what I'm saying? Their parents was active in like '92 or '94. Somebody grew up with you know it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So maybe it's just that type of connection, but. I think really it happens that way every time when you have a genre resurgence. It's really just like people just started stumbling upon shit. It's just like, yeah, I'm fucking with this. Started digging. Exactly, because it went away in some some sort of aspect. I'm not saying it went away in the UK, but you know, if it takes a backseat ever, you know what I'm saying? It's liable to come back just by accident. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's no real I don't think there's any real explanation for it besides, you know, just the normal like Oh, every 20 years, some shit comes oh, back. Oh, this cycle, yeah, yeah exactly. no. Yeah. We're like, okay, we see this happening, so let's do it. It was like, you know, this is tight, exactly. and we like it. Right, 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 for sure. Yeah, the, the cyclical nature of culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been cool to see because, uh, and I think, uh, I think your record comes at a perfect time for that. Uh, obviously, that's not something that's, intentional but it just comes at a time when people like pink pantress and even this season on not as the first time we're really playing young artists that are engaging with those sounds or shot played um a neo archive song yeah, yeah. yeah um, talk about that in the uh, interview too i heard the archives fire I, I played a willow kane and we just did an interview with willow kane when she was in new york and she's... <laughs> we heard you drop us <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, and Willow's fire, and, and she's from Bristol, which is, like, very much known for uh, developing a lot of bands uh, and, and sounds that, it, you know, came early into the Jungle Drum and Bass era. So that is a direct thing of, like, her parents came up in it, and now she's kind of, like, bringing it into her own music. And I think it's really cool to just see this younger crop of kids uh embrace it and and it's funny because willow in the interview was like she'll post songs on tiktok and she's like these kids don't know what the fuck it is it's it's like when you said you heard that you're like what the fuck is this you didn't have a word for it uh they don't know the term jungle they don't know that's a genre yeah and that's that's probably purely american yeah i think if you that's really, what it is. If you really from the soil over there i think you you gotta know right like <laughs> one would hope yeah because it never really, <laughs> It never really went away like nah. that in the sense that, like, if all the grime MCs are inspired by jungle MCs, you know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, if you're into that, you got to know, like, D-double-E was a jungle MC, you know what I'm saying? Or Wiley was a jungle DJ, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So it's like, if you from over there, you really got to know. But I think, yeah, Americans, we have no context for this shit at all. What the Besides, hell is like, this? The, Power, the Powerpuff Girls theme song. That was, like, it. <laughs> What I'm saying, like we we had nothing, so you know, and that's that's why it's even more interesting. I think it came to us from an American artist first. Yeah, mm-hmm. like even here, UK artists first. We heard an American artist first, and that's how we got put onto it, and then it just evolved from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's hard. I gotta go back and listen to the Powerpuff Girls theme song. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's <laughs> a, <laughs> a right fucking roller. It's a banger. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I, as well, I know you both take a lot of inspiration from beyond music, from art, design, fashion, cars. You know, I read that the original album title was after uh, what was it after the Volkswagen? Uh, the G- Golf. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. MK One. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mark One. Yeah. And then I know the original cover was huh. supposed to be the whole photo of y'all in the in the bedroom with references and, and inspiration behind you. So I know inspiration comes from everywhere, uh, but what is it about certain things that pull y'all in? You know, what is it about that, that Volkswagen or, or about a certain piece of clothing or a brand that, that grabs you? Uh, is, you know, is it a, a place in time, an era, just the energy behind it? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I uh, I think sometimes I guess well, starting off with like like the 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 MK1 title, just just the car in general. It was like it was just like this compact car, but it was like this was the joint, yeah. and it's like and you can beat it up, but it was like this is if you don't have if you own a Volkswagen, this is the one to have. If you don't, it's like yeah. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the times it could just be like the intention behind the thing, whether it is music or a product. And and that, that kind of like drives us, I would say. For sure. Uh, for sure. To kind of like figure out a lot a lot of things that we do. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Cause even that just that story alone is like Volkswagen, they had a they had a hit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They had the 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 bug, you know what I'm saying? They had that shit and it was a hit. But after a while, it's just like, all right, what else you got? they tried to develop a few other things and they just didn't really go but then 
they came with that GTI and it's like, yo, that's it. That's exactly what y'all needed, you know? Uh -huh. So we were feeling, you know, we feel souped up a little bit. We feel like that's kind of our position. Even if you look at the industry, you could say that, right? Like, mm -hmm. well, it's 2021 right now. Maybe the last time it was a real, 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 like, breakthrough kind of revolution, let's say, in the music industry was like 2011. Right. Really, where it was like, it was several different things happening at the time, whether it was like Future or Odd Future, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Chief Keef, you know what I'm saying? Like all of that shit, like those things that really influenced all the stuff that came after it. You yeah. know, but in between then and now, it's been a bunch of like, all right, here's the next this. Here's the next Chief Keef. Here's the next Odd next Future. This. Here's next, the next, next Future. Next. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. It's this kind of like a Carmen Gia. You know what I'm saying? Like this, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, y'all kind of like, eh, it's all right, but it's not quite, it's, it's like, not quite the Beatles. We would have heard this already. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, again? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, what can y'all really give us? What can y'all really do? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And now you got the hey change. So we feel like, all right, we done came in like the Mark One GTI. You know what I'm saying? Swerving. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's really what that was. Um, but yeah, I think influence. I don't know if it's like a particular. It yeah. must it must be a particular energy that draws us to it. I don't know if we can explain it though, because yeah, it's, it's hard. I'll say like everything that we're interested in is just yo. We, we're just like damn, that's cool, right? That's dope, right? But then we'll read like certain books, like we'll read like I think it's in here somewhere. But the Sloan Ranger Handbook, you know about that. Like, that's like, we'll read that shit. And it's like, damn, everything that we've loved for years, it's all in this book. This is right. like the Bible of like, <laughs> right. all this shit. Oh, you like Navy Blue and Hunter Green and GTIs and, and Range Rovers? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and fucking yeah, and designer dogs type shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> cool. This is, this is your fucking book. Like, like Eureka. Yeah, exactly. So I don't, I don't know if there's some force that just pulls you towards that. You know what I'm saying? But. I don't know. We just we're always studying. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really how you, you know, become well-rounded. We're just always looking at different shit, whether, always. It, whether it's listening to music, whether it's reading, whether it's watching a movie. Commercials. Exactly. You're bound to be influenced by something. And even if you're you're not us, you, you watch the same shit as us. You about to see something that you like in it. We might not fuck with it, but you found your reference from it. Right. And that's how you build up your little, you know, your your canon, you know what I'm saying? Your your group of reference points, you know. Yeah, you know? I mean even even the cover to that point too. We're we're yeah. huge like into font, and so like it wasn't necessarily like a cop out. It was more so like what else do we like to do? Exactly. And it was like okay, well typefaces, yeah, typeface, yeah. yeah. For sure. Stated exactly. You could give Mike the shout out. You know, you can give Mike the shout out. <laughs> big, big ups to big Mike. Mike Brennan. Yeah, yeah. Mike Brennan, big time because Mike really went back with us. Like you know. We were trying to figure some shit out, and we were just like, "All right, we're not gonna be on the cover at all. Let's see what we could do." That's just purely textual. Yeah. And we started mocking up shit ourselves, like just you know, just doing little stuff. Like we have like hella mockups that we did ourselves of just typefaces and textures and things like that, and we're shooting them over to Mike. Mm -hmm. And then Mike is kicking back, "All right, yo, here, look at this. Here's what I, here's what I think y'all are kind of fucking with. Let me let me know. Here's some other of my favorite little text components yes. and text references." You know what I'm saying? And there was like one particular one. They're like, yo, that's it. That's it. That right there. Because mm -hmm. you could pull it off and that alone, that could be a sticker. 
You know what I'm saying? Like just finally knew that hey, change. That's a sticker, and that's and we could do a whole you know little campaign with just that, uh-huh. or you know the the handwriting that adds the texture component that we wanted. This human you know feel saying? to it. Exactly. Like so, just yeah, absolutely being able to bounce things back and forth with Mike that really like helped define this you know uh, the art for this album. Obviously, yeah. you know because he really, he worked on it, but it's like really being able to bounce it, and it's not just someone handing over a product to you like here's your album cover and it's not just us handing down orders either nope you know what i'm saying it's like, exactly like, it, really it was like, fun yeah it is fun working with my <laughs> absolutely definitely fun and it, it it hit what we wanted to do from the beginning you mm-hmm. know when we first got on the label we sent them a whole thing like this is the they hate change style guide mm. and it had Yo, this is what we were trying to do for album covers. This is what the voice of this is. Mm -hmm. This is what music we're trying to make. This is what the approach to the music means. This is what we will never say in an interview. This is this, this is that. You know what I'm saying? Down to the T. And then if you go back and look at it now, if if, if we were to put that out there, people could look at it and go, damn, they did exactly that. Damn, all these single covers fit in this particular world. The album mm-hmm. cover fits in that world. The interviews they did, the photo shoots they did. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, nah, that's that's really, uh, you know, that's so above and beyond what what so many artists are doing. The care and the heard. The, the, <laughs> the care and the thoughtfulness that goes into making a style guide. Yeah. Uh, I know from you know being in, in fashion and brands, shit like that. Like that's. That's very meticulous. And I think that's that says a lot about y'all and, and how you approach your music. Oh, thank yeah, you. Appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. It's like, oh, y'all, y'all going to be performing at a, a furniture store? Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it makes sense. If you really look, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Ah, so, for real. It made sense. I, I mean, I know I have friend that works at Lycan and I've, I've I've been there before when I saw that it did make sense I was like this is a vintage furniture store like yeah, yeah. very well crafted uh you know absolutely absolutely that's that's what we always want to do we just we approach things from the perspective of people that are always looking at shit mm-hmm. always consuming something you know what I'm saying always studying something so it's like we got to look at it as if like you studied it you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like we can't just do some shit half ass and then have it go, oh, that's not even from that era. That's not, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. that, that's not even, you know what I'm saying? That's not even the right tone. That's not even the right shade of this color. It's mm-hmm. like, no, we, we about to do some shit. We about to do some shit. Dig it. Sure. And then I think that, uh, you know, that kind of culture hunting and, and finding references and, and real tangible goods is so important right now because so much shit is just on Instagram, online. People put mood boards together of shit that they really don't know where it comes from. They just see it on Instagram. And I yeah. think it is p- pick up that Stone Ranger book, like, you know, look through an old magazine and, and figure out, feel that shit and figure out where it comes from. And I think that's, you know, a very important uh, energy and, and something that y'all represent from, from the sounds to the lyrics to the design, you know, it's a whole package. Definitely, definitely appreciate that. Appreciate that for sure because I think it. What you just said is really like that's the key off the top. Like, there's so many mood board Instagram pages. There's so many. You know what I'm saying? Whether we're talking like Jound or you know all the copies of Jound. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it's so much of that, right? But again, 
people are only they might stop right there but it's only so much that you can get from a goddamn instagram page or a pinterest board or a tumblr page or whatever it's like if you about to if you about to do this go deep go Figure deep as out. you can and that means really getting out there shit getting books you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like and that's not to gatekeep or anything like that because obviously certain shit out there is like yo this is a 600 dollars book <laughs> you know what i'm saying and like yep dig so obviously you know you can't go there but there's there's got to be a certain level of really getting down and and in there you know we was mm-hmm. we was heavy on on the torrent sites downloading music <laughs> right. yeah but this shit evolved in a different way when we was going to record stores Yep. You know what I'm saying? Finding finding the bandmates, figuring out other bands that they played in, exactly, or just the artists who done this cover. Looking at the instruments that they played on in the liner notes and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Figure out, oh, okay, Fender Rhodes. Oh, okay, they used the Moog. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just a deeper level. You know what I'm saying? Like right here in front of me, that we have the Preppy Handbook, which is mm-hmm. again cross-referencing the Sloan Ranger Handbook, which would be the British version. But it's like, okay, you, I could pull a picture off google images of a photo from there mm-hmm. we have we have it right here we can really dive in and cross-reference that with okay sloan ranger okay bcbg over in france okay take ivy who started before all of this shit you okay know. did we can, you know what i'm saying you'll that shit that you'll see all day long on an instagram page but if you're just consuming it like that everything that you put out is just going to be derivative and it's just going to be surface level find know? the why yeah, exactly and that's why I'm, I'm glad that people can tell just from the music or just from the artwork that okay y'all are really like into the shit that you talk about mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like not that we're experts but not but we we're really honest. just care like, exactly <laughs> you know what i'm saying we know we know as much as we know you know and so we're about to give you all that or at least most of it you know? mm-hmm. yeah you know what you're talking about We'll say that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so to play it out, y'all get to pick a song. Oh shit! We played X-ray specs on the show, right? So maybe switch it up. Let the people hear something else. Damn, we about to play a They Hate Change song or any song. I was gonna have a They Hate Change song play the interview out. Okay, dig, dig, dig. You don't have to play it right now. I'll I'll yeah, put cool. it in yeah. afterwards. But if you want to pick a song and, and and you know, maybe a little background on on where that song comes from and then introduce it. All right. I mean, if, if we're being good uh artists, then we should play something off the brand new album that's out now. Yeah. <laughs> out everywhere right now. Uh Gosh, I got I got two in mind. I'm thinking at least maybe. Uh, yeah, let's see. Coded language is um is my little pick. Uh huh. Because I, I I think that's hard. Like okay, it's it's a good mixture of things like that. It, the the intro to it is like you know it's got this again. It's got this old kind of. It might have this greasy East Coast kind of feel to it, right? With the beat and shit, and like we wanted that the sound of it. That's me rapping at the beginning and the sound of we wanted to feel like a goddamn, you know, uh smack DVD, you know, somebody freestyling in the hallway. Yep. So it's wild echoey. It's kind of like came that from was, the task cam. That, exactly. That was just like straight, just recorded on the desk, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like with the beat playing out loud and shit. Like we wanted that feel, but then it melts into this grimy, gully, like bass. Yeah, exactly. This joint, you know what I'm saying? But 
that's that's my pick. What were you you were thinking? Perm? Yeah, I was thinking perm. Uh, I do, I do, I do kind of like the energy of that, and it kind of um, it kind of with a lot of the songs on here, or even just a lot of our influences, well, too. Mm-hmm. Well, going into this record, now what we've been trying to do that was trying to make sure our music is both like uh, engageable and like you can just disengage. Like I can clean the house of this, I'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> or just play in the background, it should be cool. So I think that was kind of um that was that was a big part in making this album as well too. It's kind of like you know let's let's have a couple tracks where we're not rapping, mm-hmm. you know, over rap <laughs> on your own project. Yeah. Like All right, I'm tired of hearing this now. Absolutely, <laughs> just yeah. as much about the beats as 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 the rapping as mm-hmm. well. So yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm down to go with Perm because Perm is a good example of just a track that blends a lot of these different genres as well, you know. But that's pure like. At the same time, it's pure Florida, you know, mm-hmm. that's pure schematic records, Merc records type. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. Where it's like, oh, damn, y'all doing like some ambient shit, some IDM shit, but it's Florida. It's real, like, you know, it's bass shit. It's heavy. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's do Perm. There it is. Dig. Yeah. <laughs> 